Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Friends, for the first time we have new content to record on in quite a while because we have just watched The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1, The Marshal. And I'm here with Jeff Randall, Ashley Coffin, and Paul Hoppy to talk about this new episode. All the things we loved, all the things that might have raised an eyebrow or two, and what we think this sets up for the season to come. All that and more after this commercial break, over which we have absolutely zero, not at all, 100%, no control. Welcome back. As I said, my name is Matthew, and I'm joined by three wonderful guests, which will make this so much fun to edit, because we are all soft-spoken people who I'm sure will never interrupt each other. Um, so let's go around the horn. Jeff, first of all, how are you doing? How are you, how are you feeling about being back to Mandalorian? Where are the wonderful guests? You, you promised me three. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, are a wonderful guest, even though you'll try to fight it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad to be back to the Mandalorian. Like, we... We did we did Mando recap kind of mm-hmm. uh, a month after the fact or so, and yeah. it kind of felt like we took forever to get through it the first time, and I was just like, come on, let's watch the next one, come on, let's watch the next one. <laughs> so like when this one came out, and we're like we're leading up to it, we're we're getting the big hype, we're getting the hype rolling. I'm moving, like I, I moved from yeah. Florida, from Tampa, Florida to Birmingham, Alabama, the weekend before the Mando came out, and I was like, I've got to be set up before we. Like before that happens, because I, I refuse to miss it. First off, oh for sure. But I also sure. refuse to miss talking about it because I know it's going to be amazing. But like because I was because I was packing up all of my electronics and stuff, I like I kind of stayed away, or I was kind of forced to stay away from any sort of spoilers or anything. So yeah. like ev- all of this episode was just brand new, wide open for me, and I was so pleased. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious! We well, we did an episode one recap, and you were very much missed on that. Um, but I, I totally get why. And yeah, I hadn't seen any trailers either, so I'm I was super psyched for this. Ashley, what about yourself? How are you doing tonight? And how are you feeling about jumping back into Mando Land? Really good, Matthew. Um, this was awesome. Uh, it was it was so jam packed and quick that it almost didn't feel like it was as long as it was. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of flew by, and I, I I knew we were going into this, we were going to get a 15-minute episode, so I was expecting it to be long, and it just went by in a wink. Uh, and then our third guest, Paul. Paul, how are we doing tonight? Pretty good, as well as one can be these days. Um, <laughs> Thanks fair, for saying fair. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just how it is, right? Um, Escapism uberalis, that's what we're exactly, going for tonight. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, Chapter Nine, Tremors, for the for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers, spoilers ahead. Um, you were in the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you? You son of a bitch. Chapter Nine, Deadwood turns into Tremors. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean there were there were some spots, uh, but I, um, yeah, it was it was nice to actually see kind of where the show was actually heading after. Season one, and I feel like there's a certain level of confidence actually in the storytelling that's kind of um, yeah, it's kind of grown a little bit. Yeah, how so? What, what, like I have, a, I think I have an idea of what you're talking about, but say more about what you mean. I don't know, like just the first time that like we see like Mando walking. I mean, I think the first shot was like him and like the child, like just pushing the, you know, <laughs> basically 
he's out with his stroller going to an underground fight club type place, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, to, 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 or a gladiatorial kind of thing. Um, and just kind of the way, I mean, you know, he's always carried himself a certain way, but, you know, he's got his shiny armor, his, his jet pack, like, um, there's just, I don't know, there was a little bit of a different feel to the storytelling, which I was talking to someone earlier who was saying, you know, oh, well, you know, season two is usually kind of downhill. And I'm like, well, actually, I think season two is often like one of the best seasons for mm -hmm. a lot of shows because season one, I think there's there's often like a certain level of awkwardness. And I'd say Mandalorian actually didn't have that much of that. But, you know, you get to have characters that you've seen before, right? You get to meet them again. You're like, oh, we're back on Tatooine now. And there's just a different feel to that in a show um, that I enjoy before they get to like season eight, nine, ten, and you're like, why are we still doing this? You know. Although this is a show I feel like could go like ten seasons if they actually went kind of wide enough with it, because uh, the universe is so big, right? And this felt like the first time we we were on a planet that felt like it was a planet with multiple places. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what you mean? Every planet is not the one city that they go to on it. I mean, that's what I've heard, but it's all rumors. <laughs> yeah, when they when they mentioned another, I think it was Mos Espa's or mm -hmm. Mos Espa, uh -huh. um, a, a third city, right? In Tatooine, right. I was like, "What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's three cities." <laughs> the first yeah. line of my notes is, "Wow, we're going back to Tatooine." Like, because we had a long discussion about this in our recap about the places that yeah. we keep going to, we and did. I was like, "I was like, look at where we're going." <laughs> Wow, well, and we do, and it's funny because in that recap discussion, I had said that even though it was very brief, one of the things I liked most was that we got to learn a little bit more about the Sand People mm -hmm. and or the Tuscans, we should call them, mm -hmm. and yeah. and that the the story was was very much reminiscent of a kind of modern cowboy story where it's about kind of you know getting past the prejudice against the the indigenous natives right. and realizing that they have a lot of wisdom and, and and a lot more perspective to share and and can be your aides. Um, and uh, be your helpers. And so to actually get that story and go that deep on it, um, I just absolutely loved because I loved that it was, but it also, it also didn't just become like constant fighting and bickering and look at the prejudice. It was just, okay, there's some prejudice and we have yeah. to get past this. And then we're past it and we're all going to work together. And mm -hmm. I really loved that about this story. Yeah, this, this is kind of the, the tropey old Western, like we all have to band together to kill the man eater. Right. Kind of story, and I, I love that it can be reduced down to that. Like every Mando story so far in this series is is like easily boiled down to a Western trope. Yeah. But you know the the old Western stories, the old Western tropes, whatever. Like you can call it a trope, but they it, it feels like this this particular series puts such a, a unique spin on it. And and shines a different kind of light on it. And, you know, it's like they tell that old story in the new way. And they've just continued doing that in this uh, in this season two. And I'm just I'm so impressed that like they they keep that old stuff fresh somehow. All right, oh, cool. God. Great episode, guys. We're done. All done. <laughs> it, it's particularly interesting to me because. Um, funnily enough, Paul and I just did an entire episode on tropes, uh, for the superhero ethics podcast that came out literally, uh, yesterday. And, and it's funny because what we've talked about generally why we don't like tropes, but that what can make them interesting is when there's all these like new, interesting twists on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I agree with you. That's exactly what this does. You know, uh, it, it takes them, but it puts some new, new, new spin on them, new direction on them. And even the other thing that I was really impressed by, and Paul, I'm not sure if this is what you meant about the confidence, but I think it ties in. One of the things that I often don't like about a second season is that, you know, on a show like this one where there is an Uber story, but it's mostly very episodic. By the second season, there's now this feeling of, wait, no, no, now we've got to get more into the main story. And so the episodicness really starts to fade and it becomes mm. just about, you know, moving the main plot along. Yeah. This was That's incredibly episodic. Like, I, I think it kind of put some of the pieces on the board, such as like the, the, the armor that we think is probably from Boba Fett, maybe one or two other like leads to track down. But there was no mention at all of, you know, Moff Gideon or like the, the hunt for the child or, you know, what the Imperials want or, or any of that stuff. Um, yeah. And, and I really loved that. Yes. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, like Burn Notice, actually, the way just specifically it treated its kind of overarching plot where, you know, here you've got it's, it is very episodic. Right. But it comes in. They come into it from a OK this is the overarching thing. He's trying to find a home for the child, right? Right. And he gets a lead and goes somewhere, and it looks like it's going to be one trope, like shootout at the OK Corral kind of thing, right? And then it takes a right turn, and it's a totally different, you know, yeah, it's it's a it's a trope or it's a, you know, a type of story. But, um, you know, there's like kind of sort of multiple... Head fakes. It's like, oh, he's going to find a Mandalorian. Oh, it's not a Mandalorian. Oh, they're going to fight. Oh, they're not going to fight. You know? <laughs> oh, they're best friends now. Oh, they're getting attacked by these uh, creatures. Oh, these creatures are actually, you know, friendly uh, creatures that the, you know, the Tuscans are uh, down with. Oh, yeah, the shark dogs. doggos. Yeah, yeah the shark dogs. <laughs> I love that he could speak. Uh, did he do that in the first oh, season, yeah. the Tuscan speaking? I think he used, like, more sign language kind of. Okay. Yeah, he was right. real deep into it yeah. this time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the first time it was just the sign language, and the uh, the rookie was just like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Right, giving him your your, your monocular." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keeping us alive so we can respect them and cross their territory. Well, I have another right. problem with the Tuscans. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, uh, you know, we have to take down these monsters. We have these 10-foot muskets or crossbows. I mean, don't look at it over that C4 and other badass weapons over there. We're going to use our muskets and crossbows? <laughs> like, what? Are you talking about the uh, the Bantha Ballista? I don't want to talk about the Bantha Ballista, but <laughs> it's very upsetting. Do you know how, how much like that thing had to go through? Because then he electrocuted it. It probably wasn't dead when it was still in there. Oh, the Bantha that was on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... That was rough. I've got some things to say. Sorry, I'm jumping all over About the, the treatment of Bantha. So it's like What's the plural of Bantha? Is it Banthas or just Bantha? I think anyway, Bantha. We could Bantha. probably make it I think it's it Banthas yeah. for the sake Banthas. of sanity. Okay, we'll go with <laughs> Banthas. Um, oh, should I say what I have to say? Yeah, <laughs> Basically, the treatment it. of Banthas is horrible. It was messed um, up. But in, you know, in this way that I think actually somewhat mirrors some real-life treatment of animals where... You know, you see the Tuscan Raider, like, with the, this giant toothbrush 
brushing Abantha's teeth, which I thought was awesome. I thought that was yeah. great, you know? Um, and then, but then they're like, okay, now we're going to feed you to the dragon. Um, but well, but then they got like eaten dirty instead. Bantha teeth. Right, exactly. You got to clean up the Bantha before You can't have bad breath. It. The dragon will yeah. come after it. And they like yeah. made then, it have the peace of mind to want to run away. <laughs> He's like, right. no, it, it, it was it's kind of sad though because then that that bantha survived right because the the, the, the dragon was eaten. like oh no I want to eat this other meal I already right. had bantha for breakfast <laughs> or yesterday but yeah, then you they can't have bantha put twice in, in one day right right it's just too much was that the what? same one that he... I, it's unclear it's unclear Aww. so I'll say it, I'll pretend it's not. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you survive Dragon one time, like, you should get a pass for the rest of your life. <laughs> but did they only you know? put the bombs on one of them? Oh. Okay, yeah. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say, I think it's, and Paul, you, you've brought this up a lot, um, but it's, it's something I've, I've really come to think about as well. One of my only real complaints about the Star Wars universe is that they they tell us when to care about a particular form of life and when right. not to. Yeah. And there's no consistency to that. And That's true. I think especially we see this in terms of droids where there are some droids who get to tell funny jokes and so we care about them and some droids who are, you know, battle droids and just we can slaughter them by the thousands. Right. Um, Roger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, right. and granted, if you said Roger, Roger to me that many times, I would shoot you as well. <laughs> but you, you, you get I've like the, almost never heard that. For the, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do they say in Spanish? Entendido. They're like, <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> and, and is it significantly less annoying because of that? Oh, way less annoying. I had no idea. Like, it's almost kind of cute. I don't know. It's fine. But then, like, you listen to it in English, you're like, oh, my goodness. I think they say Roger in German, too, and it's awful. So <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. Um, but, but, yeah, so anyway, and it felt like that they show the Tuscans really caring for animals, both the way they take care of the Banthas, but also, I think the fact that the Mandalorian like connects with you know the the really sharp toothed dog yeah. um, is part of why they're like okay the Mandalorian's a good guy because he like mm-hmm. gets animals and yeah and I I kind of get the that maybe what they're trying to show is like that these folks have a very different understanding of animal life and like that they do have a real respect for it but also willing to sacrifice it when needed um, but it just like after the first time you showed it like I wish there had been some other way to get like the dragon to eat all the the, the right you know you, you yeah, need to show yeah. us two different banthas in in life-threatening circumstances right right exactly and yeah the yeah, one I, at the I, top I, it ate the one right off the bat in the oh, yeah. sitting oh yeah oh, the one true. that was yeah. by the yeah. by the fountain just minding its own business yeah yeah just chilling i thought it was kind of funny that um when the great dragon first showed up like we as as viewers had no idea what was going on everybody else is running away and like the the marshal timothy oliphant is like just standing on the side watching just like yep <laughs> there it goes again yep. <laughs> it's another day of this happening oh, <laughs> oh he's going for the bantha okay cool great and i will say um and i don't i don't know if these things came from this book but i on our last episode i talked about the novel kenobi which is i, I think at this point my favorite star wars novel um which given the quality of some of them, it's not an incredibly hard part to top, but some of them are fairly good. Uh, actually, some of them are very good. Um, but one of the things that that story does is that one also goes deep into the like traditions, understandings, and cultural mores of the Banthas, uh, sorry, of the Tuscans. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how the one thing that they're afraid of is the Cryot Dragon. Um, right. And I don't 
it may well have been mentioned in something else, and so both the book and the show are taking from that. But it was kind of cool to me to hear that referenced again, and, and I, I, it feels like either they're they're acknowledging the Kenobi novel in some way, or that the Kenobi comes from a shared source. But it was cool to kind of have the the Tuscan people developed more in a way that fits the existing canon. Continuity. <laughs> yeah, at first I thought it was going to be like a Sarlacc or something, because it's hard to really know exactly what that is or was, because right. we really only kind of see some tentacles. Yeah, but don't then they like not move? It, I I guess. I don't know. I mean, we see it kind of in Return of the Jedi, but right? But I don't think we see like really like the whole creature. Um, but apparently, the the crate dragon ate the sarlacc. So uh, everything's eating other each other. That's I guess that's just nature. I mean, I I, I had some feelings for the crate dragon. You know, I'm like whatever. It's just trying to get a snack. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I mean, honestly, like my sort of emotional investment in the outcome was like um, not super high you know i mean mm -hmm. if it was maybe going to eat like the child like i might have felt differently but i was yeah. like yeah all these people these don't seem like wonderful people so, you know. <laughs> he like, lost me at acid they look puking. more like food <laughs> once he started oh, yeah. acid no, puking that, i was yeah. like kill that monster <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just it indigestion he's quick too you gotta kill the quick puking monsters you know <laughs> Heartburn's a bitch, man. What are you going to do? He's like, let me go up top of my mountain where I have perfect puking, you know. What's the word? We... Uh, Range. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Line, line of sight. Is I think what you're yeah, perfect puking line of sight. It's an AoE attack with very good line of sight. Nah, man. This The, the crate dragon is obviously a black dragon. They, they belch acid. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. Fair, fair. One thing to sort of contrast with the uh, what I would consider uh, fairly poor treatment of animals um, was the you know the droids and something that we had mentioned about you know in in our in our season one recap was kind of like is you know Mando going to have kind of grown from interacting with you know the assassin turned nurse droid right and. The answer is, I think, pretty clearly yes, right? That when they go back to, uh, when he goes to the, the hangar there, the repair shop or whatever it is, um, she's like, oh, you know, droids stay away from me. He's like, oh, that's fine, you know. And in season one, he was like, no, get away from my ship. Like, yeah, keep those bastards away from my ship. Yeah, I love that. I thought of you guys. I was like, oh, yay, right away. He's a better mm -hmm. person. Yeah, right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I probably I would have appreciated it a little bit more if she had not been like so vocal and and pointing it out. If it were a little bit more subtle. Oh, sure, just like, sure. Yeah, sure. Let them let them do the thing. And she was like, "Oh, uh, okay." Yeah. And like, if that was it, then it it would have been a, a little bit better. But it was a bit heavy-handed. Um, this Once time Once she was commenting on it. Yeah, where she was just yeah. like pointing it straight out, just like, "Oh my god, you know, are you sure? Because you hate droids. Remember, <laughs> remember that one time that you showed up here and you like shot one of them? Yeah, you hate droids. You're not supposed to be like this." I, I'm mixed on it though because I, I agree with you. Like, I think the perfect way to do it would be just the droids go over. He kind of reflexively looks up and starts to object, and then is like, "Eh, never mind." Um, but also, part of what we've established about her character is that she just says every thought that ever comes into her head. That's um, true. Yeah. So it's That's kind fair. of like, That's it's a fair. little bit on the nose, but it's also very fitting for who she is. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Like, like, you can sell them to me. Yeah. I mean, not really, but yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, not kidding. <laughs> like, 
Just kidding, not kidding. How much do you want for it? Give me this. Um, I need this yeah, baby. I, I mean, I think her being like, like telling them not to go over, I think made perfect sense once she saw him. I think, you know, I, I kind of hear, you know, Jeff, what you're saying. If it's more about after that, when he was like, no, it's cool. Instead of her kind of being like, oh, okay. You know, being like, oh, you have grown as a character. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like... like it's like she comes in saying, like, ah, the writers obviously did something for your character arc. Right, 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 right. You have grown since yeah. you've right. been here. But but it but she she does she does pretty much say her thoughts, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. No, which is good. So obviously what happens on Tatooine is kind of the main part of the story, but um what'd you guys think of the, the first scene we had where we went into as as Paul said it John Leguizamo? Uh, pig Pigman Fight Club. Um Man, John Leguizamo. I don't think that's exactly how it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was really surprising that that was him. Oh, I really? Didn't I didn't know. even make yeah, that connection. Yeah, that was John Leguizamo. He was yep. the Cyclops? Yeah. Uh, yep. yep. Okay. I was just it enjoying was... all the violence. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet PG-13 violence. <laughs> yeah, so what was the deal there? Was that the idea that they each had, like, little personal shield generators, and so that was why, like... You kept getting the blue flash, but that you could eventually knock your way through the shields and, and kill the person? Is that how yeah, that I mean, year fight worked? How else do you indicate health bars? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess that's a good way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I found it I found it kind of confusing, too. I was like, is somebody about to get a limb chopped off here? What's going on? Isn't this Star Wars? Like, why <laughs> does everybody have two Where's hands, limb chopping? <laughs> like, I keep forgetting I it's don't Disney. understand. But it, it does... his left hand off! It, it did, I think, though, also nicely help to set the tone of this is more of the, you know, post-imperial, not really a republic, yeah. you know, kind of like barbarian lands where, yeah, like we've devolved into gladiator fights again. Um, right. Although, yeah. although just imperial and gladiator fights are not mutually exclusive. I mean, <laughs> if we just think about the Colosseum in Rome and I yeah, mean, I, also I, true. you know, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but uh, um yeah, and then, you know, in terms of tropes, like, they then go for the, like, you know, oh, bad guy kills one of the other bad guys or whatever, like, one of his people to, like, demonstrate how badass he is. Which is literally one of the traits Paul mentioned is hating. In the that, that, that's, like, near my number one, yeah. <laughs> it's pointless. I, yeah. yeah. The way they did it, though, was uh, not as, it worked better than it usually does. Right. It it bothered it didn't bother me really in that case. I was like, oh, there's that thing. But like it kind of made sense within the context. And then everybody scatters, you know, and it, it was actually because it was less about him showing how badass he was, which is usually like the entirety of it. And it was like basically like, okay, now give me your armor, you know. Like, yeah, it it seemed to be like the inciting incident for the ambush on the Mando rather than Rather than just being, like, a display of badassery. Yeah. Or even, like, they, with that, they avoided the, the whole, like, oh, it's fine, I fixed this fight because he was supposed to go down in the fourth and ha ha ha, I won all this money. <laughs> like, he just straight up was like, oh, this isn't going the way I want it. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think to also establish that he, like, no one else was going to come out and be like, sir, you broke the rules. Like, he sets the rules. This is right, his place. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Which I think gave him some nice power. This was his place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, some other creatures that we didn't see, their interiors are his place. And, oh, man. And so what did we all think about um, Mando's treatment of him, which was basically the Batman equivalent of, 
I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Whereas this is going one yeah. further of you won't die by my hand, but I, my hand but will I'll do the thing that the will lead directly it. to your death. Oh, I yeah. totally, totally support it. Totally fine with it, too. Totally fine. Totally fine with it. I mean, when he, this... when he threw the line up over the light, I was like, oh, shit, we're going full Batman. Here we go. <laughs> I figured he was going to, at some point, be like, swear to me. Just don't yeah. keep it. I mean, I thought it was going to be a, like, I'm going to leave you hanging in this incredibly brutal part of town, and who knows if anyone will find you or if they'll come and mug you and kill you. I didn't realize it was quite... I'm going to leave you here because these hungry monsters are going to eat you the moment I shut out this light. <laughs> I thought when he turned around, he was going to pop him in the head. I was like, oh, he's oh, just going to shoot hand. him. Um, but right, no. Right, right. It wasn't it was, my hand. It was so much worse. <laughs> kick, kick his skull in or something. I mean, it, when he said that line, I'm like, oh, he's definitely going to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, this but guy not in, like, the most obvious way. Like, yeah. but yeah, yeah, this guy isn't going to survive this encounter. It was a real Tom Cruise and collateral kind of thing. Like, I didn't kill him. I just shot him. The bullets in the fall killed him. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. That's super true. But yeah, I mean, that person had just, like, killed one of their people and, like, whatever. Like, I don't know. He he, he was not one of nature's noblemen by any means. Right. And and so, what, so the, the, because there we were setting up some of the Uber plot. The idea was that he had information about... Who Yoda's people? I, I didn't quite understand what was no, it that no, Mando wanted from him, right? About the Mandalorian. Yeah, this guy apparently hunts and kills Mandalorians and takes their armor because Beskar is really expensive, right? Or, or it, it goes for right. a lot when you when you hawk it. Um, and so he knew where multiple Mandalorian people were, uh, obviously because he hunts them. So. He needs to get that information from the John Ogizamo character. Okay, got it. So this wasn't about anything involving the, like, he wants to know where the child people are, but there was nothing we saw that was about advancing that particular storyline. No, this was, right? a, this was a side mesh. No, well, this no, was, no. This was, he wanted just. to, the way that he was going to go about it is instead of, like, directly just looking for these Yoda-style creatures, he is, he's going through his people because his people have a history of conflict with, you know, the, oh, the wizards. Okay. Yeah. That was the part of the wizards. So if he can find his people, if he can find the other Mandalorians, then he can make a, he can start forming a trail of leads through the other coverts and, and track down where this kid's come, where he comes from. Okay. Hmm. That, that, that makes a lot more sense. Which and, and again, it's interesting that this whole thing is based on a misunderstanding that the Jedi are his race. Um, right. instead of like just, um, which I assume we're going to, I'm looking forward to Ahsoka being the walking exposition machine of just like, no, no, no. Let me actually tell you how this all works. Mando. Um, well, right. Ahsoka's going to show up and be like, Oh shit. Yoda. <laughs> She's going to be like, stab him right under the occipital lobe. Oh wait, never mind. Well, what? this is supposed to take place five years after return of the Jedi. Yes. So, give or take, yeah, right. I just still like. I guess we were saying last time because the universe was so big or whatever. But like, really, nobody knows that a Jedi is like five years after Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so here's, the, <laughs> I, I realize that you haven't played the game Mage: The Ascension much. All the but time. Apparently, what we're supposed to believe is that the Jedi have level five arcane. Right. So they're just because telling everybody like we didn't exist, like a like a whole world Jedi mind trick. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, see this me is the second time uh, this has happened. Like, yeah, yeah. The last Jedi are killed, and they were all over the galaxy. 
And now, 15 years later, no one's ever heard of them. Your archaic religion. Yeah, and, and like... Five. I think it's only five. We were saying this last time. Like, if the Mandalorian is raised in the way of the Mandalorians, like, a huge part of the Mandalorians, like, whole culture and ideas has been the Jedi are our enemy. We found victory against the Jedi. We fight the Jedi. You know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So the idea that the Mandalorian would be raised in, like, the way without once hearing about this just... I'm sure there's going to be some explanation they give us, and I hope it makes sense, or maybe we're going to laugh at it, but... Mm -hmm. I just want them to in some way address that because you're right, Ashley. Like, it okay. just – there's such a big logic gap there that makes no sense. Okay. I, I'm going to take the opposite viewpoint or <laughs> hope, and I kind of almost hope they don't really address it too much because given everything that we've seen in all the different, you know, canon media, mm -hmm. like, it can't possibly make sense. <laughs> so, like – just let, just be like, yeah, I mean, maybe lampshade it in, like, a humorous way or whatever, but, like, just don't come up with, like, midichlorians, you know, the second. Like, <laughs> I agree Like, don't come that. up with something that really, really is painful and doesn't make <laughs> sense. It's like, just yeah. let it be, like, it, uh, the time is, you know, we're traveling in space, there's relativity or something, like, you know, <laughs> years aren't really years. It's it's complicated. It's just, I, you know. Yeah, I don't want the big midichlorian level explanation. I just mean, like, the much smaller, like, how did the Mandalorians of this show become so different from the Mandalorians we've had in the canon? Oh, okay. And, yeah, and how did the knowledge of the Jedi, like, fall out of that? Like, is it that there's mm -hmm. now, like, a great silence about the Jedi because of something that happened in the Purge or... Right. Yeah. And this episode kind of goes a little bit farther in in kind of going against the like, oh well, you know, everybody just collectively forgot, or you know, nobody knows about it. Like they they had a, a flashback where they literally watched the second Death Star explode on <laughs> TV. Yeah. Yeah. So like information gets around places. Right. <laughs> Although, like, does everybody know that that was? like all the Jedi stuff that was going on there. I mean, that was in private on the Death Star. Like Luke just <laughs> took a little shuttle back to Endor and like, you know, burned his pops in the woods and like <laughs> nobody else saw the Force Ghosts, right? Except like maybe Leia. Uh, you know, I mean... I bet it, they'd ask we, questions we had... about the lightsaber. Did he ever use Who it? Who saw the lightsaber oh, though? Yeah, that's true. Right, just like his his pals and and the Ewoks, the Ewoks. Didn't, didn't he use it when <laughs> he saved everybody yeah. um, from the sand monster? That yeah. happened. Okay, well, but again, who was all there? And, and also, <laughs> I mean, in the in the post calls, which granted happened, you know, mm -hmm. many years after <laughs> this, but they've established that like the legend of Luke Skywalker is so much that Ray has heard of it, you know, and mm -hmm. she's not exactly like plugged into the most mainstream news sources mm -hmm. um, right but again it's like a legend and it's like 30 something years later yeah. right as opposed to being like a, oh yeah that's like you know yeah, that shit the 60s yesterday yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> like even now it's like this the 80s from right. our i mean literally right i mean because because the time difference is supposed to be the same yeah -ish. right but like we've heard of the beatles i mean like right exactly yeah, exactly yeah. You know, or like 80s bands, you know, even if you didn't grow up then, like, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Luke Skywalker's like the system. Beatles of the galaxy. <laughs> I, I think he's more like the hair metal is what Paul is saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think Kenobi's more of the Beatles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I want to hold your hand. <laughs> well done. Good acting. That was, that was strong. That was very strong. <laughs> so here, here's honestly my biggest complaint. Did anyone feel like we didn't get anywhere near enough of the child? Oh, like, yes. We got he some cute scenes. And, and I only the, like ob- audibly said all, I think, four times. And I say it every time he's there. Yeah. And what was about the bantha? So, but. Yeah. Well, I think the most, I mean, like, we got some moments of him being cute, but they're, like, he didn't do anything that in any way affected the plot. There was no, like, mm-hmm. moment of him interacting with Mando. He didn't use force things in any way to affect, which I'm fine if he doesn't use the force every episode. But I didn't think it was interesting that we had, like, no, like, consequence. He was just, like, you know, a cute thing that Mando was lugging around. Yes. So I I like that it wasn't about him in this episode. Mm. Like the whole first season was all about the the child. It's you know they're they're chasing me because I took the child. They they want the child. They want the child. They want to kill the child. The child. It's all about the child. But then now it's about like this episode was about Mando and Mandalorian armor and his people and the child is just like a side piece. <laughs> well and. What there was one episode in season one that really wasn't about. I mean, the the child wasn't really in it, the Bill except Burr. for like a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the like, one? This the one entirely in space where Bill it's Burr pushes first, him down. I mean, no, the first episode. I mean, there might be a second one, but uh. so so I kind of had a theory about this, and and I think in the you know in the first episode of season one. You know, the show's called The Mandalorian, right? Right. And I think they primarily established the character of The Mandalorian in episode one and season one. And I feel like they probably deliberately wanted to kind of reestablish, you know, Mando as the center character. You know, it's like, it's not Mandalorian and the child. It's like, you know, The Mandalorian. And I think the rest of the season will be increasingly about the child and will have, you know, will have more impact on the plot and what happens like and actually taking action. But I I felt like this was actually probably very deliberate to kind of focus on that one character above all, especially since you're introducing a second character who has a lot of agency in the plot. Um, uh, Deadwood, whatever his name is. Uh, I think they said his name was Cobb Vant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was, yeah. The marshal. Um, the marshal. Yes. And I mean that that was you know the title of the episode was like the Mandalorian, the marshal. So like <laughs> oh. you know I think it very much focused on um, the two of them, and I think probably fairly deliberately kind of neglected uh, the child to an extent. And and I, I mean, you know, what is enough Baby Yoda? Like, that's not a thing, right? <laughs> did, did you guys notice, <laughs> like, like... Like, still freaking adorable, He's even so with... Cute. Like, my notes actually say Baby Yoda, still blank adorable, <laughs> needs more screen time. But... But <laughs> you didn't think it was enough where he uh, was sitting in between Mando's feet getting eyed by the dog? The, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah, that was hilarious. The best moment, though, was when... I mean, like, they flipped up their own screen, right? Like, closed the little egg crib thing. That wasn't what Mando did. 
Like right, when right. when Mando's like, oh, it's about to get real in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he closed and the child's like, oh, yeah, he, it saw really... the, he saw the whistling birds come out, and he was just like, oh, exactly, it's like, uh oh, <laughs> like presses the button and dives in, like, I'm yeah. out. Yeah, that was kind of awesome. And yeah, I, I do think that theory makes sense. They're intentionally trying to not have the focus on him be 100, percent which it's interesting because I mean, I think they know like Baby Yoda has like taken over the marketing 100, percent but yeah, yeah, it, it's a great thing. I will also say. Uh, Jeff, like you, I didn't see any spoilers. I didn't see any trailers. Um, you know, the one thing I'd seen was the picture that I saw a lot. In part, it's, it's one of the ones that I used in the publicity for this, and it showed three. It showed, um, I think, four characters. It showed Baby Yoda in the front, and then it showed the Mandalorian. It showed Cara Bay. Uh, I'm sorry, Cara Dune. But I'm I helping mean, you Cara Bay is right. Carrot. Carabay is accurate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it showed this guy with like red skin and like spiky things coming out of his head. And he didn't look like a Darth Maul uh, type, but he looked like that something else of that variety. And so I was like, oh, okay, I wonder who that character is and what kind of major role he's going to play. No, he dies in the first ten, five minutes. <laughs> like, I thought that was just such a brilliant little marketing thing of like, here's an interesting character. Nope, he's dead. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you thought you had a fun Zabrak? Nah. Mm-hmm. Womp, um, uh, womp rats, guys. They talked about womp rats a lot. They, oh, they did. did. I womp really liked it. <laughs> and they're, they're, God, I, one of the things that I love about the world building of this episode is like they, they had a, a, a phrase that the marshal used that was, you know, sometimes both sons shine <laughs> on a womp rat's tail. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is that? It's <laughs> so country, but like Tatooine specific. I was like, yeah, that right. is one of those like country like expressions. Like Right, but that's like a that's like a Tolkien level kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. building. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. These guys would come up with their own goofy ass phrases like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and it's interesting, and again, I, I I now want to dig deeper to see if there's more source material than just that Kenobi novel, but that is something they reference all the time. Like they talk about like the two suns and like you know second sunrise or first sunrise, and you know like it's a good day when both suns are shining on you, things like that. So that that that's kind of been established as part of the lingo of Tatooine, at least in that one of their plays. Mm-hmm. But it just was found great. Um, yep. And I I have to say I really I think we talked about this a bit, but I want to just kind of circle back to it again because again it's, it's such the breaking of the trope. I'm really glad I kept waiting for the moment when like the the marshal just betrays our hero or you know something goes wrong or they prove that they're all just out to like lure the Tuscans into a trap and the fact that it was just like no we're going to work together and we're actually going to work together through the end of the show like through the yeah, end of the episode that was really kind of surprising friends. yeah <laughs> I mean the, it, it got to the point to where Mando um was like take care of the child He's like, okay, but what are you gonna do? He's like, I don't know, but here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is Mandalorian for hold my beer. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds about accurate. I don't and think so he's, like he even he jokes with him like, now you tell him that it wasn't me that broke this. You did that. You tell him you did <laughs> you that. Did it. Yes, I don't know if they'll ever meet. It wouldn't actually make sense in universe for them to meet, but R two R two D two and the man and Mando would get along really well. I think probably. <laughs> Probably, probably really well. I have a question. Go ahead. Who was that guy at the end? Uh, that Boba was Boba Fett. Fett. Had to be Boba Fett, right? Yeah, that was the actor that that played that, Django. Yeah, and who was the, yeah in the, like the like, in the he was cloned. The pa- yeah, so is he's. Yeah. Oh, so he's supposed to be alive? 
Yeah. 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 That's well, what that was supposed to be? Oh, shit. Yeah. And, I mean, his armor looks, like, partially digested, right? Like, yeah. I had just seen that actor so many times in a million things, like, I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, oh, look, that guy. Good for him. He's still getting roles. <laughs> Good for him. He's still getting work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I didn't put what, it together. You know, most of last season, it was not only episodic, but it was kind of like Planet of the Week. And, like, we went back to Tatooine, and then we went back mm-hmm. to Navarro. But in that, everything was different. Do you think is Tatooine going to be kind of come kind of a yeah? Is Tatooine going to become somewhat of a home base for the show this season, or at least is there a lot more plot to still be done on Tatooine? I mean, I'm just going to say yes because we are always in Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, feels like that's kind of the hub. I mean, you don't show Star Wars. You don't show Boba Fett there, like if you're not going back, right? Like, right. right? And and Boba Fett was probably the one who who found Fennec's body. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. a good point. I didn't made that connection, but that would make a lot of sense. Um, and so maybe this is all on Tatooine, or maybe they follow them somewhere, you know? Right, maybe, or maybe, like, in season three, they go back to Tatooine, and then Boba Fett has lines, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, we don't know. <laughs> what, understood is not a, is not enough for you? Oh, I, I meant in in this show, but yes, I guess that's... He's no, no good to be dead. <laughs> understood yeah <laughs> yeah that's gonna be interesting i, I i'm really looking forward to that especially because i i keep saying you know I, I really want more of the mandalorian lore um i don't know if the show is going to take this uh direction but one thing that gets established in a lot of the novels is that um boba fett is like an outsider to the mandalorians like that what he does of you know selling his his um you know dna to the cloners is, and then kind of sticking around to help teach them is considered really like a violation of the Mandalorian code and the way. Um, right. You mean Django? That's what Django does. Django does. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Boba. Boba's not that. Boba is, is obviously his son, but I'd be curious to see like, is that something that's going to continue to play? Is Mando going to see Boba as like a fellow Mandalorian? Is he going to see him as someone who like betrayed the code and like they've you know been taught like don't ever be like this guy? Like I have no idea which way that's going to go. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah, the the question that I have is, is Boba, like, is he allowed to be part of, like, is he allowed to call himself a Mandalorian? Like, obviously not anymore because he took the helmet off, but, like, was he before? Right. But in that that wasn't even a thing then, though, right? Like, the the whole helmet thing? Like, when he was a kid, anyway? Yeah, because back then, I mean, we we saw numerous times in both the Clone Wars and in the Rebels TV shows... Uh, which are canon, much more so than the books I keep talking about, we saw Mandalorians taking off their helmets. And so whatever's happening with Mandalorians taking off their helmets in um, in this show, The Hold the Way, that's something that either exists only for like a particular kind of Mandalorian that wasn't talked about before or is a like new development. Diaspora. Yeah, Diaspora or something like that. Yeah. Um, or like was like maybe developed in response to The Purge. Maybe that's like this is how we survive now. Yeah, like it's not our ancient way, but maybe it draws on an ancient way that not everybody. Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like the warriors, the Mandalorian warriors, but not. Although we saw a bunch who took their helmets off at, back in the. I mean, it would make sense if um, if one of the things is that now, like during the pur- purge, you know, they were all hunted and destroyed. That that there's a kind of like anonymity is our safety, you know, and the idea of like right. we have to keep our helmets on always. And also there's, you know, I mean, like, 
when when you are driven out of a place and persecuted because of a faith or because of a a, a, a creed, that becomes so much more important to you. It's like we have to keep this alive because they're trying to destroy it. So it would right. make sense yeah. that the whole like Mandalorian way would become much more devout in this time. Yeah, not just that, but like Beskar armor, Beskar steel is damn near impenetrable to blaster fire so like you keep the helmet on so you don't get shot in the head <laughs> right maybe a bunch of people got shot in the back of the head like and they're like okay yeah. just, just keep your helmet on all the just time they can sneak on. up this on you but you'll be okay like... <laughs> yeah they thought keep they were on, safe the like way. eating at home and they got shot while like eating with their families and stuff right, like that yeah. right yeah. also very deadwood wild bill yeah. anyway, but... <laughs> God, i love that show we should do a whole Pandavision stuff on Deadwood because that show was <gasps> so good. Can we just not do this the that special, the new one? I didn't like it. I did you see? Seen it yet. Oh, you no. didn't see? They did like a one or one or two episode. Like honestly, where... the first season alone was so good. The second yeah, season is decent, but the first it. season is just so good. But um, I haven't watched any of it. Oh, it's very good. Oh, Jeff, you'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> the, I usually fun... am a fan of Timothy Oliphant, so. I would agree. And, um, oh, God, Ian McShane. Yeah. He's amazing in it. Um, yep. But we should probably get back to Star Sorry. Wars. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just in, in terms of, like, hiding, sort of being covert and, like, always keeping your helmet on. It's like, I guess nobody sees your face, but, like, all your helmets look the same. Like, you know, it's like, I am a Mandalorian, whereas, yeah. like, I feel like they could mostly hide in plain sight. They're yeah. like, nope, I could be from this core system. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I could be from Tatooine. It's like, yeah. Mandalorian. Ever. <laughs> like, they wear their identity on their, you know, their armor is their identity. I mean, so, like, maybe they could then be covert. Like, if they're like, we always keep our helmets on, but, like, they don't really. But then they don't know it's the same person, but they do. So I don't know. I guess I'm thinking of it more in terms of like the the HBO TV show The Watchmen, where the idea is that the cops all wear masks so that no one can figure out who they are and go to their homes. Oh yeah, sense. I haven't seen that, but yeah. oh really? You'd like that? I think it's very it's good. So good. I, I, re- I remember the first time I saw a cop in a balaclava in in New York though, and I was like, this doesn't seem like a good development. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do not think this is good. Yeah, that was that was definitely a different direction that we were going. Yeah, not that I want people going to people's houses and yeah. doing whatever. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so any other kind of last thoughts before we start to wrap up? I guess um, any kind of predictions? What do you think is going to... I think it's pretty clear that we are now... Go- we have to have a fight between man- two Mandalorians about who gets to keep the armor. Like, we didn't have that with with the Marshal. I think we have to have it with Boba Fett. Um, yeah. What else do people or disagree with that one? Ooh, but what, I what think he'll get his uh, armor back. I think he's definitely going to get his armor back. Boba? Boba Fett, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Does he does he want his armor back though? Yeah, like is he just he living on Tatooine? Back, he could go get it from the Jawas. Yeah. Right. Like, why doesn't he have it? Well, what he happened? looks like you know he's just living his life on Tatooine. He got an apartment. He's probably seeing some girl. <laughs> he busts tables at the local watering hole. Like he's like, God damn it! Now I got to get involved again. Yeah. <laughs> just when I thought I was out. You. Pull me back in. <laughs> I mean, I could easily see something where um, 
our hero gives him his armor back. So it's like, oh my god, a fellow Mandalorian. Like, right. here you go. Mm-hmm. And then is betrayed. And so, like, all the things we thought would happen this time, I could see happening with, with actual with Boba Fett later. But, you know, uh, along with that, uh, that whole, oh my god, a fellow Mandalorian, like, what if he doesn't like Boba because of Django, you know, doing the, the whole cloning thing? Like, what if, what if he sees Boba as an abomination and a Boba nation, if you will? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what if he sees him as an abomination? Is like, no, you don't deserve this armor, and then they have to have a fight over it. Yeah, like it could go, it could go any direction. Yeah, yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting. Do you think we're gonna find? But we know that Ahsoka shows up. Do, what do you think is gonna be? What do you think is gonna happen with the child by the end of this season? I just Nothing hope he gets. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, more powerful. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think that the child is going to have a Beskar crib. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. I I do think we're going to get some kind of more... I I would guess that by the end of this season, we know a significant amount more about the child's origins. You know, in terms of, is it just a child of, you know, two members of Yoda's species? Is this a cloning thing? Like, is it a clone of Yoda or someone else of the species? I think we're going to be nowhere near to finding those people, but we're going to have some some other big piece of the mystery revealed. That that'd be my guess. You know, I think they they might have laid a little bit of uh, a little bit of a breadcrumb breadcrumb trail for us with the uh, the lady in the spaceport when she was like, "If that thing ever buds or oh right or replicates or <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean." Because that's, you know, that's not something that we've necessarily seen in or even had discussed in in the Star Wars universe is like, how do how do alien races uh, procreate? How do they <laughs> replicate? How are you know, how did baby Yoda come to be? I'm so picturing it like gremlins in my head. Did somebody pour like water on them? Yeah. Just a so, little so bunch Jeff, of little ones. Jeff, what you're saying is that we've now gotten check off Yoda's reproductive system. Like, yes, <laughs> it's been announced in Act One, so it has to go off by Act Six or Seven. Yeah, yeah, basically. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I thought it was um, like I guess the the last thing that I really want to say about this episode in particular. I thought it was really funny how ill fitting the uh, the armor was on Timothy Oliphant. It's like <laughs> it's like they went to the to the Walmart locally and were like, let's get a Boba Fett child's <laughs> costume. <laughs> Yeah, and stick this on Timothy Oliphant. He just yeah. walked out a Halloween adventure. Yeah, he was like, Let's pew pew Halloween. And it was so <laughs> fitting, I think, because it 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 really reminds you that this armor is perfectly crafted to the person. You know, there's no such yep. thing as off the rack Beskar armor. Um, right. Yeah. Right. So of second, course, it, it does Yeah, of course, it doesn't fit him well. Yeah, his uh, his his stomach was like super exposed, <laughs> and like he had so much. Of his sides exposed, it's like this doesn't protect him yeah. the same no. way that it protects Mando. No, it doesn't. I knew it was like, Timothy Oliphant. The arms. What are you guys doing? Because <laughs> of yeah, because of that, it's so open. Uh, but I knew it was Timothy Oliphant because of his torso. I swear. Before he even <laughs> talked, I'm like, I know that bond. <laughs> <laughs> the thirst identification system is still strong. Yeah. Well, then, like, he pulls his helmet off, and, and Ash was, like, immediately, like, his hair is fabulous. He always has the most <laughs> fabulous hair. He's gone salt and pepper now. I love it. Have you seen him in Hitman? No. 
He was bald. I won't like that. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think he's going to come back in some way? Or are we probably leaving that part of Tatooine behind? Uh, I hope they cross paths again. Me yeah. too. Seems very likely to me. Like, as much as I liked the, you know, a new planet each time, I, I think it would be nice if we if we maybe develop, like, a little bit more of an ensemble of characters who we kind of hang out with for a little bit of a season and see grow in some interesting ways. Yeah. Oh, shit. He's our queel. He's our queel this season. Oh, I hope so. Oh, that could really work. Yeah, I could like that. Um, So Boba Fett's so, going to kill him. No. That has yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah. In, like, the second to last episode. I wouldn't assume that like the Mandalorian and Boba Fett are necessarily going to be at odds. Yeah, I'm more I mean, on team. They're going to get along and work together. I'm with you, Paul. It, like it's definitely possible, but I, I feel like it could go either way. And you know, um... <laughs> here's what I'm looking forward to: <laughs> Boba Fett is going to meet Cara Dune and be like smitten immediately. <laughs> And be hitting on her the whole time. I, I mean, we know that he has a habit of, like, you know, he, he had a real fondness for Twilight Dancing Girls. Um, mm-hmm. Who so, doesn't? I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, Boba was a bit of a flirt in Jabba's Palace. We established that, so. Yep. Um, you know, speaking of Twi'leks, I, I thought it was pretty <laughs> cool in this episode that we got to see, like, a different kind rather than, like, the lithe, like, uh, roguish you know, sneaky, stabby kind of Twi'lek. We got the bouncer Twi'lek. Oh, yeah. The, the guy who was just like, hey, man, what's, who you here for? Right. Like, stops him at the door. He's like, all right, enjoy the fight. And then, like, shows up and is, like, a brawler and super strong. We, I love it. We got that a little bit in season one because the the woman who was part of the team that, to break into the, the prison ship was not a dancer, but was of the, like, ooh, I'm, you know, sneaky assassin type. But then her brother yeah. was definitely just like a big bruiser type. But you're right; it's nice to see he, that again. He wasn't big though. He wasn't. He wasn't that big. He was like he was bigger than her, but he was still kind of like sneaky, stabby kind of guy. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Like I wouldn't put him at barbarian level by any means, <laughs> but like he was. He I, I would say he's a fighter. Okay. He, he might be a, a dex fighter. Okay, got it. But but not just like a, a strength is the main stat. Right. Right. He didn't. He didn't stat stat dumped into strength. <laughs> anyone else? Any other last thoughts before we close out? No, I think we covered a lot. Cool. Looking forward to being able to say this is the bay. Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. that. I hear that. Cara Dune has to come back, right? I mean, we know that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, she sure. was in the marketing. Yeah. Well, as we've discussed, the marketing can't lie. <laughs> Though I think if Cara also, Dune comes back for 10 seconds and then she's killed, I think Jeff will stop watching the show. I'm going to revolt if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, hard, hard pass on that. Um, yeah. Well, folks, uh, we can't binge it this time. Uh, so we have an entire week before the next episode comes out. You've heard what the four of us have to say. What do you all think? Um, we'd love to get some discussion going on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, you can find us um, our, our Facebook and our Twitter by searching for Star Wars Universe Podcast. Um, some scalawags have also started the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Uh, the fact that they started it before us, I think, but does not make it any less rude. Um, I just <laughs> didn't, didn't find I, I searched pretty diligently when I started this podcast for anything else with the same name, and I couldn't find it. And then now it comes up. Um, but either way, uh, the best way to find us, though, is just go to strandedpanda.com. And um, there you can... Uh, just click on Star Wars Universe Podcast, 
and find all the other, uh, find everything about how to contact us. Join in the conversation. We'd love to hear you. Uh, we'd love to hear about all the things you're doing. Um, we're not going to go the full roundup, but I know Jeff, um, you're on a number of the other MCU podcasts, which are doing a couple of big things coming up, especially something tomorrow. So, um, do you want to, uh, quick talk about what's going on on Saturday? Yeah. Saturday, uh, on Halloween, basically 2020, uh, we are at noon central time. Um, Central U.S. time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are having a live recording of our 500th episode of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Ooh, congrats. That's one hell of an achievement. It is so much. <laughs> oh, my God. We've been doing this for like six and a half years at this point. Um, but, yeah, we're live recording our 500th episode. We're going to have a a bit of a Halloween party. We've got Halloween-themed trivia uh, that has been crafted. I have uh, I've procured a list of words for a uh, a Halloween spooky whatever we want to call it themed code names game. Nice. Um, cool. It's going to be a great time. So if you if anybody wants to join us for that, come to twitch.tv slash stranded panda tv, and it's it's going to be a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Come drink with us. Yeah, that is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Definitely check that out. Um, both Ashley and Paul um, have been frequent guests on this and will be on again, but I would just say Ashley does a lot of great stuff on the Stranded Panda Network, on PandaVision. She just dropped a whole episode about um, spookiness and uh, Sam Raimi. Definitely check that out. Uh, and then Paul, I know a lot of his stuff can be found under Zen Madman. So check all that out. Thank you guys all so much for being fans. Really excited for the next season. Have a great day. We have spoken. Ooh,